You're listening to The Sigrun Show, episode number 414. In this episode, I talked to Prerna and Mayanek Malik about working with your dream clients, regardless of language, location, or list size. Welcome to The Sigrun Show. I'm your host, Sigrun, creator of Samba, the MBA program for online entrepreneurs. With each episode, I'll share with you inspiring case studies and interviews to help you achieve your dreams and turn your passion into profits. Thank you for spending time with me today. Building an online business takes time. I share with you proven strategies to help you get there faster. You'll also learn how to master your mindset, up-level your marketing, and succeed with masterminds. Today, I speak with Prerna and Mayanek Malik, the founders of Content Bistro. They help their clients with conversion copywriting and offer launch strategies for online course creators. They work with over 500 clients worldwide, including some of the biggest names in the industry. In this episode, we talk about how to find dream clients regardless of your language, location, or list size. Before we dive in, though, have you already signed up for my free five-day online course? If you're not sure which steps to take to build and grow your online business in 2021, this is for you. Whether you're just starting out or ready to scale, this free five-day course will give you the clarity, inspiration, and motivation you need to make 2021 your best year yet. From January 11 to 15, I'll teach you how to get clear on your offer, your clients actually want to buy, how to craft unique content, and how to build and grow a loyal audience, and so much more. Go to the show notes at sigma.com forward slash 414 to sign up for the free five-day course, and there you will also find all the links to Prerna and Mayanik Malik. I'm so excited to be here with Perna Malik and Mayank Malik to talk about how to land dream clients, even though you are maybe in India or Iceland or who knows where you are in the world, have a small maybe list and you can be speaking another language and you can still land a client in another language. How they have done it, they're going to share that with us in this episode. But Perna and I already met many, many years ago uh, through an online business course that we did. So it's great to reconnect again. Welcome on the show, Prerna and Mayank. Thanks so much for having us, Sigmund. Very, really excited. Yeah, very excited to be here. And yeah, looking forward to just sharing all of this, um, you know, with your audience. So really looking forward to it. So I am now in Reykjavik, Iceland. You can hear the echo in my room because I just moved into my penthouse I think this is the first episode I record in my new home office, in my home in Iceland. And you are in India. Which city in India are you in? So we're in a city called Gurgaon, which is a suburb of New Delhi. New Delhi is the capital of India, and Gurgaon is about 30 minutes away from New Delhi. So yeah, we're on you know the opposite ends of the world. <laughs> yeah, so it's 10 a.m. for me. How, what time is for you? It's just a little after three in the afternoon for us. 
So not too bad. So it's not like when I'm interviewing sometimes people in Australia, I have to maybe stay up very late or they have to get up very early. So this, this is kind of a decent, decent hour for you and decent hour for me. It's great. Yeah. So I want to go back to that time where we met first, Perna, through this uh, online business course. What were you doing in your business then and why did you decide to go online? Like what was going on? And we want to kind of take the story, of course, to what you're doing today. But I always like to understand where people come from and why they do what they do. Absolutely. Yeah. So we met way back, I think in 2013, we were in business a couple of years. And at that time, uh, what we were doing was uh, social media management and blog content writing. So a lot of content marketing and digital media services for small business owners um, and even then, at that point of time, we were uh, working with the U.S., Australian, and Canadian market. Even though we we've always lived in India, and um, English is not our first language, but yeah, that's that's what we were doing at that point of time. It was really really great because we worked with again we worked with some really amazing business owners. Uh, Tish Olson Ryder of Simple Mom was one of our clients. We also worked with Andrew Ayers of Launch Girl Joy. There were a lot of really good business owners that we worked with. But what was happening is that we what we felt was like clients were, you know, coming to us and asking us like, oh, we're also launching a program. Would you write a sales page for me? And I've written sales pages for our products, but not really, you know, for a client or uh, sales emails for a client as such. And, and at that point we started like, because people were asking us to do that, we felt like, you know, it, may, it would be better if we would learn, like, if I could learn copywriting like properly before you know just going ahead and saying yeah just because I'm good at writing I do a good job at a sales page too so I really wanted to understand how that worked and I took a couple of courses joined a copywriting mastermind as well and one thing led to the other and then yeah today uh, we pivoted entirely from uh, social media about five years ago was it five years ago yeah into purely conversion copywriting and um, launch strategies for online course creators, coaches, and consultants. Mm. So how did you land those first clients? When you say English is not your first language, and I like that, it's not my first language either, and here we are speaking in English together. How did you start getting clients internationally? Because I think a lot of my audience is interested possibly building a business in English even though they're based maybe in Germany or Switzerland. And they're wondering, like, how do you get started? How do you get those first clients? Did that, did joining that online business program, like being surrounded with other English speaking entrepreneur help? Or did you use some other routes? Yeah, um, I'll have to like kind of, you know, backtrack a little on take you further back because when we joined that online business course, uh, you know, the one that you and I were in together, uh, we'd been in business for, I think, a couple of years at that point of time. And it was more to kind of learn, like, you know, are there any gaps in our marketing that we could kind of fill and all of that. But the fact is that I started with a blog and I'd started writing and I like kind of sharpened my writing skills quite a bit. So when we decided to get into business uh, and, you know, move from just the mom blog model to like a business, uh, which actually happened when mine got really sick, he had, he was, he had an autoimmune disorder and he was in a lot of pain and he had to leave work, uh, his corporate job and 
he was on bed rest for about a year. So when he we started like working on his lifestyle, on his diet, and just kind of helping him get better, and that point he decided we were we had to take a decision: would he go back to work or would we pursue this part-time blogging thing as a business? So that's when we kind of thought like let's give this a shot and see if you know the blogging thing can become a business and that's pretty much how we got into business but the fact is that i did spend a bit of time writing reading a lot and understanding that i you know needed to kind of have a certain way of approaching clients the first few clients honestly so when we landed through warm email pitches this is again i'm talking like way back in the day you know this was not the day of sending like you know a lot of personal videos or a lot of, you know this is like 2011 i had a blogspot blog so <laughs> it was you know like really way back but Warm email pitches were our number one marketing strategy and helped us to get those first few clients. In fact, even for some of our social media clients, like um, like Tish Oxen Rider, for that matter, she was a blogger. She had a mom blog and a huge brand, but I was a regular reader. So I reached out to her saying that this is what I do. We offer this as a service. We know with with the holidays approaching, or if it's in fact summer, with summers approaching, you'd want to spend more time with your kids. And this is something we'd love to take off uh, your plate. So um, if this is something of interest, let's, you know, kind of chat about it and she emailed back saying, hey, I think that's like a really great idea. So. Wow. Okay. I want to, I want to pick on that uh, because I get pitches almost every day and they're awful. They're awful. They don't know anything about me. They're horrible. They, they, we try to not respond to them, to be honest. Uh, and then they follow up some of them. Why didn't you respond to my email? And I'm like, these, like I'm, I'm on the verge of taking over the help desk and saying, WTF, like, who are you? What are you trying to achieve? Because there's no product. You say warm outreach. What's the difference? So cold outreach is like very similar to what you described where everyone's getting your, your email addresses are put into maybe a tool now. And, you know, like these are these templated emails that go out that sound kind of personal, especially now, like at that time, you know, it was probably a few degrees worse, but now it's, you know, there are those outreach tools and I'm sure they have a lot of benefit and they could, you know, help you save time. But we've always believed that there are certain things in business that still need a personal touch. And this is one of those things. So warm email would be where you would really take the time to understand the business. You would see how is it that you are going to bring value to it. And this is regardless of any service. In fact, this is true for, for our copywriting services too. Now you understand like, how is it that you would bring value to the table for the client? What's in it for them? Like, to give you an example, like when you're reaching out to someone and like someone reaches out to you and says, hey, Sigrun, I'd love to take over, say, podcast editing for you. They should have taken the time to understand or listen to your podcast, probably caught on to something where you said that, you know, I'm struggling with this and then tied it in with that, like in episodes. And so I heard you say that, you know, your podcast editors, you know, on maternity and you really need help. So I was just wondering would this be something of interest to you? And if so, let's chat about it. Like, just keep it open-ended. If not, no worries at all. Like, literally no worries at all. I'm a fan, but continue to remain a fan. And, um, but I just thought I would let you know. And that's it. And and so you send out these, let's say, warm pitches. They're, they're prepared pitches rather than yes. unprepared. Yeah. And, and then some people don't reply, I guess. And some people say, no, thank you. And, uh, and then you'd still get a few. Like, 
I think this is something that maybe people in Europe are scared of doing, or I don't know if that's my perception from my audience, that this is something that people are scared of doing. Like you saying, this works. Yep, absolutely. Yep. So it's worked for pretty much everything that we've done. And, you know, and then what happens is that it's all it takes is a matter of, you know, one or two pitches, and then you get that momentum, you get that confidence, and then it's up to you to show up and do a really good job because landing the client is step one, working with and retaining that client, that's the next step is where you just show up and wow them so that they then talk about you to their friends. But then that's the other part of how we built this business Absolutely. is referrals. Yeah. Absolutely. And even though we don't really do any warm pitching these days because yeah. all our work comes through referrals and we do a lot of repeat projects with, with our clients, but we still use the same principle of not, not having that fear to reach out. Mm -hmm. uh, so a lot of the times um, you'd probably send a proposal and the prospect at the other end is swamped with a lot of other things. It gets buried into emails. We've generally seen if you follow up, tying in with what's happening in their life, they would just then want to come back and see uh, and, and think about that project. So, so one should never really have that fear of reaching out. And also maybe not be insulted if there is no reply or no thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It, there's nothing personal here. This is business. And all the business is personal, especially in our case. One needs to understand that there could be a million and one reasons why someone chose not to respond. And unless you've got like very specific red flags around it, I feel like it's just, yeah, that's just a marketing thing that you need to chalk it up to and move on. Yeah. So you had already been doing these warm pitches, you've landed a few clients, and then in 2013, you're honing your skills. What changed there? We know that being a part of a big community and coming into an international community can also help explode a business. Did that fuel more clients? Being a part of, uh, of the online course community that you and I were a part of was, um, was yes, helpful, uh, but not to a, a huge extent uh, what really helped us was forming more personal connections with people in the community i think that's how you and i met and i've kind of followed your journey so even though we may not be part of the community any longer and it's the same was the, was true for a lot of other people in the community as well where you find people who align with you on the same values or on the same, you know, maybe it's just a shared vision for how you see the world. You know, maybe it's just, you're excited by the work they're doing or how they're showing up and you just want to be there to kind of cheer them on and be a part of that, you know, be a part of their support system. So for me personally, it was more just kind of getting to know people and uh, just forming those connections. But yeah, I would say, um, Whenever you join any online community, it's super important, big or small, you need to kind of take the time to identify, you know, a handful of people who you'd really like to get to know better and then just connect with them. At least that's what's worked with us. Maybe, you know, again, don't know if it's right or wrong, but it's worked. So yeah, we'll stay. Oh, I totally agree. I, I definitely got several clients from being a part of that community. But if I look back now, because I've left it because... The community doesn't exist anymore. I, I can identify people around me. I'm like, I met this, 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 this person through there. Even, even though the community doesn't exist anymore, I could probably name you quickly now 10 people that are part of my life today as a result of that. It's the same for us. It's the same for us that 
that is what like goals should be. Um, so while we weren't making like any active pitches to people in the community at all, we were definitely like taking the time out to connect with them, get to know what their business is about. And yes, a, you know, a few months down the line, some of them did turn into clients and a lot of them have continued to become really good friends as well. So because it's been, you know, what, seven years now and we've just kind of seen each other grow, our families grow and all of that. So you just have that really nice warmth in the relationship now. Yeah. So you talk about how to land clients from all over the world and, you know, increasingly maybe known clients or someone who seems to be unreachable for the regular person. Mm -hmm. Does it just start with warm pitches and then referrals or are there more parts to that? There definitely are more parts to it. It does start with building that relationship and then reaching out to them and letting them know that, hey, I, you know, I'd be happy to be a part of your team. I'd be happy to help you with, you know, say you'd see that you they've got a launch coming up or if you're like say, a launch copywriter, like, or, you know, it could just be like, we also do consulting on things like, you know, your offer positioning. So if you feel like someone's, you know, needs help with that, we let them know. But I feel like once it, that's like probably step one. The other things is just kind of understanding that you need to be really, really good at your work because the best in the industry more often than not want to work with the best in the industry, you know? So you need to kind of understand that you have to, this is something that we constantly invest in and work on is increasing your skills so that you can bring more value to the table. You may be a, I'm a specialist in conversion copywriting, but there is so much more that I can bring to the table in terms of things like launch strategy or offer positioning. And even with launch copywriting, you want to be really good at that. Or if you're a graphic designer, you want to be really good at your craft. You need to constantly invest in your skills and constantly up-level your skills so that you, you're not only confident in yourself, but then your clients start to see those results. Yeah. yeah. And I think the other thing that we've realized has, has worked really well for us is that you need to really have a genuine connection that, mm. you, that you want to forge with, with that person. So it's not that you connect with them and then you're pitching your services. Yeah. So do you really respect them for what they're doing in the community? Mm. Uh, do you respect the sort of skills that they bring to the table? Do you want to learn from them? Mm. So, so that relationship and connection builds over a period of time. And it's then a two-way process mm. because then they also start to get slightly intrigued and interested in what you're doing. Maybe if you're on the same sort of networks, they're, swimming, uh, they're seeing the sort of wins that you're sharing, mm. the results that you're getting for other clients. And this sort of builds that momentum. And then at the right point, when you feel that you can add value is when you really pitch your services. Mm. It makes sense, especially for those who maybe offer courses themselves. Maybe you join their community. Like if it's a dream client, yeah, yeah. If it's a dream client you want to land, it would be maybe you invest in joining their community to get closer to them. And is that how you start to work with some of those clients? Can you give you as a story around that? Sure. So, so yeah, let's, uh, for instance, uh, we, uh, we've done multiple projects with Pat Flynn of Smart Passive Income and our, in fact, our connection and relationship with him started way back. We were on his email list and were constantly like, really engaged, watching his videos, commenting, like Mang said, so showing up on different platforms, like supporting their work genuinely, because that was what we really needed as well. Like it was, his advice was really helpful for us, you know, when we were watching his videos and all of that. So we would like just 
participate in the community. And then he launched a program called Affiliate Marketing Made Easy. And affiliate marketing was something that we were interested in exploring and adding to our, you know, revenue mix. So it just made a lot of sense because we'd seen him do a really great job. So we signed up for his programs, you know, for the program, showed up worked through it, got great results, showed, shared that as well, ended up get, giving like a really good video testimonial for him as well. And then, you know, what happened was in 2017, in fact, um, I attended a lot of conferences in the U.S. and Pat was speaking at two of those and I ended up meeting him in person as well. And then after that, I noticed that they were working on a launch for a new um for one of his flagship courses. So I reached out and let him know that if there's anything that I could do to help, I'd love to be a part of the team and just kind of contribute. So this was not like an email pitch either. This was like on Instagram. Um, and he was like, yeah, sure. Uh, you know, let's get on a call. And why don't you like kind of walk me through, you know, how you could help. Got on a call. I walked him through my process. What I, you know, what are the things that I do for our launch copy clients and all of that. And that's how we signed up for the first project. And then I ended up, also working on um, the affiliate marketing made easy course project as well. So those were all projects that they were looking to evergreen and, you know, kind of looking at um, optimizing the results they were getting from. And then um, there was a third project that I ended up doing for them for another course that they were launching around email marketing. So one project led to another and another. That again has been, like Mike was saying, you know, like um, we don't do warm pitches or a lot of marketing as such these days for the, in fact for the last few years because a lot of our clients are either repeat projects or uh, you know um, uh, through referrals but you didn't go into the relationship also with the aim of landing him as a client isn't that the difference like you're almost there for your own honest reasons and it turns out oh there's a potential much later in the process yes and that's that's important to keep in mind because you wouldn't always have a situation where they probably need your expertise. So you need to go and seeing, obviously you want that to be a two-way relationship, but you yeah. want to see that, do you want to learn from them? And going back to the point, do you respect their skills and what they're doing in the community? And from there, you just see how that builds up. And what is the difference between your roles? You're like a husband and wife team and and, and Perna is saying she's the conversion copywriter. How does this work with the two of you together? Great question. So we started um, our business together and always our role definition has been pretty clear. I'm the creative writer. I, I write whether it was the content or now the copy and my oversees growth um, and operations for the business. So um, even for our clients, he's the one who's responsible for Create, when we're working with consulting clients, for example, in our Momentum Ease of Plus program, he's the one who's responsible for, you know, outlining their strategies and their marketing plans and all of that. So you're kind of like a win-win team together. Oh, yes. <laughs> that is exactly why, you know, when I see a lot of other businesses hiring COOs, I am so grateful. That I do not need to do that. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. Yeah, but I still have to say no for most unaccounted expenses. <laughs> so as you grow, uh, I have seen it because I have a lot of copywriters as clients. Uh, you know, there is this kind of limit. Like you say, you still have different revenues. So now you don't just write copy for a client because there's also a limit in your own company growth when you just do that. So you have your own products and programs. What are those? So we have 
a lot of programs at different levels. Uh, we have our like our initial consulting program for which is more like uh, we call it a rapid rise revenue session uh, where we just meet with you know clients who need our eyes on their offer or their positioning or just need like a really quick you know oh I've mapped out this launch like what do you feel like are there any gaps in it so it starts with that and then we have profits on tap which is our program for service providers who want to scale using you know profit-rich packages because that's how we've scaled our business. So it just makes a lot of sense for us to teach that. And we were actually getting a lot of requests from our fellow copywriters and service providers like, okay, so walk us through how, you know, because we, we are not an agency. We don't have like, there is just one writer and that's me. So we're not like a team of writers. And that's the other thing that our clients, especially the ones who are at a certain level really respect and like is that when they hire me, they get me and not like a junior writer. So we've got Profits on Tap, which is like that, uh, a 12-week program. And then we've got Momentum Maison Plus, which is our program where we consult with more seasoned entrepreneurs and give like create custom growth plans for their business. And um, yeah, and next year we're launching Ready to Sell, which is, um, which is my Evergreen Launch copywriting program. Mm. <laughs> so will there come a time where you do not do copy for other people? Maybe not. Uh, we've sort yeah. of discussed this over and over again. Yeah. Um, so it's still something that really excites Prerna. Yeah. And um, there are bits and pieces of the copywriting, like the research process, uh, which both of us do together. So that really excites me. I don't think we are anywhere near the stage where we feel that uh, copywriting is boring or we're just churning out uh, stuff because we've signed on projects. But we have made a shift in the last couple of years to almost having two distinct parts of the business. So it's still mainly a copywriting business, but our revenue from copywriting services is more about 45 to 50%. We've sort of grown our programs now to an extent that almost about 30% of the revenue comes from there. And uh, we are looking to evergreen them so we can have more participants join through the year. And it's obviously then easier for us to manage. Then uh, the, the consulting piece that we also brought in about a couple of years ago, that adds to another 12 to 15% in the mix. And then about 5% of some uh, affiliates, those sort of partnerships. Yeah. So it's still uh, copywriting services are still about 50% of the mix. Maybe it's going to go down to 30, but we still do see doing those projects at least for the next couple of years. That's inspiring to hear for those who are worried that uh, if they start to offer courses that they cannot still do what they did before. Is there any specific advice, you know, as we come to the close of, 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 of this interview uh, that you have for someone who is finding themselves in more like, it's almost like the hamster wheel, like, you know, you just get constant, uh, you know, projects, but they're not getting out of the one-on-one -on -one wheel, so to speak. Is there any specific advice for those people? I guess the one thing that's that's been um, a big turnaround for us was to put our brand, Condon Bistro, as the first client of the month. Mm -hmm. And we do it every month. So if that means that you want to block off all Mondays in the month to work on your brand, for your products, for your services, you do that. If the shift is much bigger and you want to block off two days in a week, you do that. But unless you keep your brand or your business first, you would always keep getting client projects and then you'd never get off the hamster wheel. Yeah. 
The other thing that I would, you know, just add to that is like, that has definitely been a game changer. The other one is like understanding what value you're bringing to the table and continuing to like package that up into, uh, you know, into not just, you know, it's not just charging by the hour or you're not just charging by project, but the client gets to see exactly what they'll get. And at the same time, they see the value of that, that allows you to kind of increase your rates. So you you don't have to work that with that many clients or alternatively, like reclaim your time. So you're not spending, you know, so much time on every project because you find that, oh, there are certain things that I can do faster. So if I include that in a package or a project, the client still gets value, but I'm not spending that much time. So this is, this is just something we teach in, in Profits on Tap, but it's been a real game changer for us as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So what's, what's next for you guys? What's coming up in uh, the next 12 months? First up, we're very excited about Ready to Sell because that's going to be our flagship program for anyone who wants to learn everything about launch copywriting and evergreen launches specifically because I'm going, I've worked on launches for like, of course, done like million dollar launches for, for different clients, but uh, and it's not just the A-list clients that we've worked with, but we've worked in launches in different niches. So I've done evergreen launches that have are doing exceptionally well, like one sale a day in a niche, which is like so, you know, offbeat. It's all about caring for succulents. Uh, so if, you know, and that was her goal was to just be able to sell a course a day. And she's like literally smashing that goal out of the park. Um, so I've seen and tested out a lot of things that work for every funnel. So we're really excited about launching that in January. So that's going coming up. And then we're also really excited about launching a brand new version of Profits on Tap. But more than that, I think we're super excited about things going back a little to normal so we can start traveling. <laughs> yes. Yes. We all want that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we've got some really great client projects lined up. In fact, we're at the time of recording, uh, which is in, in, we're in December of 2020. We've like we're booked out until April of 2021. Yeah. So for copywriting projects. So it's it looks like it's shaping up to be a pretty good year. That sounds fabulous. It's great to talk to both of you. I wish you the best for the next 12 months. And thank you for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having us, Sigrun. Thanks, Sigrun. It was lovely chatting with you. Have you signed up for the free five-day course that it's about to start on January 11th? If not, then go to the show notes at sigrun.com forward slash 414 to sign up for the free five-day course. You'll also find there the links to Prerna and Mayanak Malik. Thank you for listening to The Sigrun Show. Did you enjoy this episode? Let me know that you listened by tagging me in your Insta story or Instagram post using my handle sigruncom and the hashtag Sigrun Show. See you in the next episode.